For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the new moon, a spiritual picture of rebirth and restoration. This is part three of the series. David celebrated the new moon. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 18 and verse 24, it says, Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you shall be missed because your seat will be empty. So David hid himself in the field, and when the new moon was come, the king sat him down to eat meat. Ezra and Nehemiah celebrated the new moon upon the return from Babylonian captivity. Nehemiah chapter 10, verses 28 and 29 says, And the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the porters, the singers, and all they that had separated themselves from the people of the lands under the Torah of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, everyone having knowledge and having understanding, they claved to their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and into an oath to walk in God's Torah, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our Master and His judgment in His we can see this still, Numbers chapter 10, verse 33. For the showbread and for the continual meat offering and for the continual burnt offering of the Sabbath of the new moon, for the set feasts and for the holy things and for the sin offerings to make an atonement for Israel and for all the work of the house of our God. The new moon will be celebrated during the Messianic era. We can see this from Ezekiel chapter 46, verse 1, verse 3, and verse 6. Thus says the Lord God, the gate of the inner court that looks toward the east shall be shut the six working days, but on the Sabbath it shall be opened, and in the day of the new moon it shall be opened. Likewise the people of the land shall worship at the door of this gate before the Lord in the Sabbath and in the new moon. Ezekiel 46 verse 6. And in the day of the new moon it shall be a young bullock without blemish and six lambs and a ram they shall be without blemish. The new moon will be celebrated during the time of the new heavens and the new earth. Isaiah 66 verses 22 and 23. For as the new heavens and the new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, says the Lord. How is the new moon celebrated in the Bible? In the temple, various sacrifices are offered on the new moon. David celebrated new moon with a meal, although celebrating the new moon with a meal is not specific 
specifically mentioned in the first five books. The new moon will be celebrated during the Messianic era in the days of the new heaven and the new earth. Now we want to look at some scriptures of how the celebration of the new moon is linked with celebrating the Sabbath. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 23. And he said, Wherefore will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. In First Chronicles chapter 23 verses 27 and 28 and verse 31 it is written, For by the last words of David the Levites were numbered from 20 years old and above, because their office was to wait on the sons of Aaron for the service of the house of the Lord in the courts and in the chambers in the purifying of holy things in the work of the service of the house of God and to offer all burnt sacrifices under the Lord in the Sabbath in the new moon and on the set feast by number according to the order commanded unto them now let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 8 verses 12 and 13 and see once again how when the Sabbath is mentioned the new moon is mentioned along with it then Solomon offered burnt offerings under the Lord on the altar of the Lord which he had built before the port even after a certain rate every day offered according to the commandment of Moses on the Sabbath and on the new moon and on the solemn feast three times in the year even in the feast of unleavened bread and in the feast of weeks and in the feast of tabernacles. Second Chronicles chapter 31 verses 2 and 3 and Hezekiah appointed the courses of the priests and the Levites after their courses every man according to his service the priests and Levites for burnt offerings and for peace offerings to minister and to give thanks and to praise in the gates of the tents of the Lord. He appointed also the king's portion of his substance for the burnt offerings to wit for the morning and evening burnt offerings and the burnt offerings for the Sabbath and for the new moon and for the set feast as it is written in the Torah of the Lord. We can further see using some more scripture how the mention of the new moon is linked with the celebrating of the Sabbath. In Ezekiel chapter 45 verses 16 and 17 which Ezekiel 45 is speaking about the Messianic era. All the people the land shall give this oblation for the prince in Israel. And it shall be the prince's part to give burnt offerings and meat offerings and drink offerings in the feast, in the new moon, and in the Sabbath. In all the solemnities of the house of Israel, he shall prepare the sin offering and the meat offering and the burnt offering and the peace offering to make reconciliation for the house of Israel. In another scripture, Hosea chapter 2 verse 11, And I will cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moon, and her Sabbath, and all her solemn feasts. Amos implies that no selling should be done on new moon. In Amos chapter 8 verses 4 and 5, Hear this, O you that swallow up the needy, even to make poor of the land to fail, saying, When will the new moon be gone that we may sell corn, and the Sabbath that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit? There is no such commandment in the first five books of the Bible, but Amos implies that no selling is to be done on the new moon. Next, we want to see how Israel is likened to the moon and Israel is likened to the Davidic dynasty. Psalm 89, verse 20 and 29, and then through verse 32. I have found David my servant with my holy oil have I anointed him. His seed also will I make to endure forever. His throne is the days of heaven. If his children forsake my Torah and walk not in my judgment, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandment, then will I visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David.
David. His seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established, the seed of David, forever as the moon. The seed of David as the moon, and as a faithful witness in heaven, Selah. The Davidic dynasty arose, fell, and it's prophesied to be restored or renewed. The rise and fall of the Davidic dynasty is likened to the moon. David ruled over united Israel and Zion. In the days of Solomon, the tribes of Israel were divided. Eventually, the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, was taken captive to Assyria, and the house of Judah, the southern kingdom, was taken captive to Babylon. There were 15 generations from Abraham, which has got to represent the birth of the nation or the new moon, to Solomon, which represents the fullness of the reign of Abraham's seed in the earth up through that time. So Solomon's reign has got to represent 15 generations or the full moon. From Solomon, the full moon, to Zedekiah, the last king of the house of Judah, when the temple was destroyed, was 15 generations, concluding the waning cycle of the moon. At this point, with Zedekiah, the tabernacle of David had fallen. However, through King Messiah, the fallen tabernacle of David will rise again, and Yeshua will rule and reign over United House of David during the Messianic era. We can see this from the prayer book of Orthodox Judaism, the Siddur. It says, regarding the new moon, the second aspect of our prayer, and it's significant for the history of Israel, just as the moon is reborn after a period of decline and total disappearance, so too Israel's decline will end and its light will once again blaze to fullness. As an example, the Midrash in Shemot Rabbah 15 states, when Israel is worthy of God's favor, it is like the waxing moon, but when it's not worthy, it's like the declining moon. In this vein, ancient Israel's rise and fall parallel the phases of the moon. There were 15 generations from Abraham to Solomon, during which Israel rose to the zenith of its greatness. The decline began during Solomon's reign. There were 15 generations from them, including Solomon, to the reign of Zedekiah when the first temple was destroyed. This corresponds to the 29-day cycle of the moon. There are two primary Hebrew words for moon. One of the Hebrew words for moon is Yarik, which is the Strong's number 3394. Yar is the same root that is found in Jordan, which in Hebrew is Yarden. So in moon, Yarik, and in Jordan, Yarden, they both share the same root, Yar, and Yar means to descend. The Hebrew word for moon, Yarik, is associated with descending. Another Hebrew word for moon is Lebanah, the Strong's number 3842. Lebanah means white. Yarik is associated with the descending or the dark or the hidden aspect of the moon. Lebanah is associated with the ascending, the bright or the full aspect of the moon. Since the Davidic dynasty is likened to the moon, the Davidic dynasty is destined to fall, descend, which is associated with Yarik, and rise again, which is associated with Lebanah. The restored tabernacle of David is the reunification of the two houses of Israel, Ephraim and Judah. I am going to be reading from the Torah Anthology on the book of the Twelve Prophets, Volume 1, and commenting about Amos chapter 9, verse 11, which says, In that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen and close up the breaches, and I will raise up its ruins, and I will build it as the days of old. Amos speaks prophetically about the redemption. The redemption is the end of the exile of Jacob, which is the reunification of Ephraim and Judah. Continuing on, 
one in the Torah anthology on the 12 prophets, volume one. It says, God will raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen. This refers to the calamity of the kingdom splitting in two in the days of Jeroboam. First Kings chapter 12, verse 13. As of then and unto the time of Hosea, son of Eli, second Kings 17, the kingdom of the house of David was fallen. The scripture compares Jerusalem, the reigning dynasty of David to a tabernacle. David had been the monarch who shepherded the people of Israel. So the tabernacle or the sukkah of David had fallen. Yeshua, the Messiah, died on the tree to unite Ephraim and Judah. John chapter 10 verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. John chapter 11 verses 50 through 52. Nor consider that as expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. This spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Yeshua would die for that nation. So Yeshua is dying for that nation, who's the good shepherd that's given his life for that nation. But in John 11:52 it says, and not for that nation only. So he's dying for two different nations. Who are these two nations? That he would gather together in one the children of God scattered abroad. When Messiah dies on the tree, who are the children of God who are scattered that the prophets say will be united and become one through the Messiah? It's the two houses of Israel. It's Ephraim and Judah. Yeshua died to restore the tabernacle of David that had been fallen. The restoration of the tabernacle of David is the coming together of both houses of Israel. This is the understanding in Acts chapter 15 verses 13 through 16. And after they had held their peace, James answered saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon has declared, that is Peter, how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this I will return and build again the tabernacle of David which is fallen, which is the restoration of both houses of Israel. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. Now, in Acts chapter 15 verse 19, where it states from the King James that those from among the Gentiles are returning to build up the tabernacle of David. This is a reference to Ephraim who was judged in Hosea 1 that he would be assimilated into the nation. The King James says, Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble them not which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. But if we look at the Greek word turned, which is the Strong's number 1994 in the Greek dictionary, the word also means return. We can see it translated as return in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 25. For you were sheep going astray, but now you have returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. So this is speaking about the Gentiles who are returning to God, which is a reference to Ephraim scattered in the nations and those who are coming back with him from among the nations. Now let's look at the new moon service in traditional Judaism of the sanctification of the moon. The sanctification of the moon should not be confused with the Sanhedrin sanctification of the month by which the court pronounced the appropriate day as the beginning of a new month. That proclamation was for the sole province of the court and affected the calendar. The sanctification of the moon, not the month, has no calendar significance. Now let's look at the traditional new moon blessing. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, whose word created the heavens, whose breath created all their hosts, statutes and seasons he set for them, that they should not deviate from their assigned task. Joyously and gladly they do the will of their creator, whose work is dependable. To the moon he said that it should renew itself. The moon should renew itself as a crown of glory for those born from the womb. The moon should renew itself for those born from the womb who are also destined to renew themselves like it, the moon. And when they do, 
glorify their creator for the sake of his glorious kingdom. Blessed are you, Lord, who renews the month. Now, with that understanding that the moon renews itself, the moon is therefore born again each month. The restored in Yeshua the Messiah are born again to give glory to his kingdom. John chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, and then verse 7 and 10, it is written, Yeshua answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Marvel not that I say unto you, Yeshua said, You must be born again. Then Yeshua says unto him, Are you a teacher in Israel and know not these things? What's he referring to? If he's a teacher in Israel, he's got to know about the new moon and the prayers of the new moon. He's got to know that the new moon is reborn and we have to be reborn like the moon. So he says, wait a second. This is what you teach. This is what you do every month. How is it you don't know this principle or this concept? And the traditional new moon liturgy, the following is recited three times. Blessed is your mortar. Blessed is your maker. Blessed is your owner. Blessed is your creator. And looking at the phrase in Hebrew, blessed is your mortar, the initials of these four titles of God spell Jacob. And the teaching regarding it, just as the moon is called the smaller luminary in Genesis 1.16 in relation to the sun, so Jacob is called the younger son in Genesis chapter 27 verses 15 and verse 42. Because he was the younger of Rebekah's two sons. This verse alludes to Isaiah 43.1 as explained by Leviticus Rabbah 36, the Midrash, that God created the universe for the sake of Jacob and his offspring. And looking at the new moon liturgy and traditional Judaism, it says, David, king of Israel, is alive and enduring. This is recited three times. As noted above, the phases of the moon allude to the Davidic dynasty. Thus, we include this confident expression of faith that David's reign endures and will shine again. This verse was composed by Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rosh Hashanah 25a. Once again, looking at the traditional new moon liturgy in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, first it says, and it's quoted in the liturgy, the voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He looks forth at the window, showing himself through the lattice. The commentary on this verse, the voice of my beloved, the inclusion of these two verses is based on the Yelkut, which interprets them as an allusion to the Messiah. When the Messiah, my beloved, announces the month of the redemption, Israel will protest this believingly that there are so many obstacles in its path. The Messiah will reply that he will hurl all the barriers like a gazelle leaping over the mountain. So what does the new moon teach us? Israel is likened to the moon. The Davidic dynasty is likened to the moon. The Davidic dynasty will rise and fall. It will be rebuilt and restored through Yeshua the Messiah, through his death on the tree, and when he rules during the Messianic era from Jerusalem. Just as the moon is born again each month, every believer in Yeshua the Messiah must be born again in him. The new moon is a festival of rejoicing. Numbers chapter 10 verse 10 it is written, Also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days and in the beginning of your month, the new moon, the beginning of your month is a time of gladness. You shall blow with the trumpet over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. Now this is 
a very important point and issue that we need to have written in our minds what Rav Shaul says about the celebration of biblical holidays. In Colossians chapter 2 verses 16 and 17, he says we are not to judge others in how we attempt to celebrate the Sabbath, the new moon, and the annual festivals. Let no man judge you in meat or in drink or respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, which is the restored tabernacle of David in the Messianic era. That's how it's a shadow of things to come. We've shown how the new moon is a shadow of things to come, but the body or the substance of it speaks of the Messiah. The shofar is blown on the new moon. Psalm 81 verse 3 says, blow the trumpet in the Hebrew word is shofar. It's the Strong's number 
we should not judge others in how we celebrate the new moon. So once again, I pray that this message has been helpful for you to understand what the new moon is, how you celebrate it, and the issues regarding it. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, the new moon, a spiritual picture of rebirth and restoration. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.